tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey, AMC Turn fans! Welcome to another edition of the Turn After Buzz After Show. Tonight, we are talking about tonight's episode, Houses Divided. How are you doing tonight? Good! I'm so excited because we have a special guest on the line. We do indeed! Joining us tonight is our guest, Megan Warner. How are you doing tonight, Megan? (laughs) I'm good, thank you. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to call in. We we won't keep you too long. We know it's late. So thank you so, so much again. <laughs> thank you for having me. And what an incredible episode when, when your publicist said like, oh, you have to, you know, we were scheduling a date to have you on. She's like, this episode is the one to have you on. It, oh, my God. We're, we were like Team Mary yelling at, at the screen like, you go, girl. I can't believe that monologue you had with with Richard with Kevin, um, how was it? You know, Mary's been such a kind of a quiet character. She took care of business with Baker, yeah. but I feel like this is the first moment she really found her voice. Yeah. Oh gosh! Thanks so much for saying that. Um, yeah, it was it was really exciting for me to to you know to read that that was going to happen, and it was funny. I was really nervous about that scene because um, I found out on the day because we were filming. That was the last scene of the day that we were to film, and we had something like um, because the first scene that we were filming ran overtime, and we had something really, uh, really scary, like forty-five minutes to get that scene, and I was really nervous about it. But I kind of it was hilarious because I kind of just like babbled it on the day, and like Kevin was getting his lines, and it was contagious when I forgot my lines, and it was. But oh, yeah, no. I was kind of I was very relieved when I saw the final product. I'm like, okay, it makes sense. It's all right. Do you have I, to can, keep... I can go to sleep and have wonderful dreams now. <laughs> Do you have to keep practicing that monologue, too? Because that, that was a lot to remember. I feel like I would definitely be screwing that up. <laughs> I haven't really had a lot of episodes this season. I was kind of like, oh, my God, I actually say words this episode. This is, this is insane. <laughs> I have lines. Oh, my God, what to do? Well, you knocked it out of the park. This, yeah, we oh, are okay. definitely cheering for Team Mary at the end of this episode. Oh, you guys. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, it's fantastic. How how did you get involved in this show? What was the audition process like? Um, I kind of just came over because I'm from Australia. I'm Australian, and I came over um, to L.A. for pilot season, and Term was actually the first pilot that I auditioned for. And um, I... I got the sides and, you know, I got put up for the role of Mary and actually, I actually wanted to audition for Anna, but I got told <laughs> that I was, um, I was too young to audition for Anna. So I read for Mary and about a week after I did my first audition, um, I got told that I had a studio test, which is a really big, intimidating, awful thing where like you do your final audition in front of everyone like 20 people you walk into a room and you you audition in front of like 
all of AMC and the casting director and the director of that episode and producers and the writer and it was, oh it was awful. But it was it was good in the end, I guess, because um, I got that wonderful phone call saying that I'm employed, which is always <laughs> lovely to hear as an actor. Absolutely, <laughs> especially coming out here from Australia. Did you um? Did you, like, officially make the move, or did you kind of decide for yourself, okay, I'm going to go out for a couple months, maybe, you know, do, like, a monthly lease, and then see what happens, and or, or you know, how did that work for you? Yeah, um, I had booked a pilot last, the, the previous pilot season for ABC called Beauty and the Beast that didn't get picked up, um, but I kind of, I taped for that from Australia, and so the that pilot season, that term um, was auditioning. My 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 team were kind of like, you know, you should come over and you know see how you go. So I did, and it was very intimidating. Um, but um, it was also really exciting because in Australia the industry is quite small, and I'd get like eight auditions a year. And during pilot season, it's crazy. You get like eight auditions a week or something insane. And so it was um, it was it was really fun actually. After I got over the whole you know, feeling terrified by the whole process. It was, it was really fun. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, you guys, you get a lot of really great scenes with Kevin and with, uh, with Jamie Bell. Yeah. Do you guys do <laughs> anything in, in, the da- in the downtime that you guys have to kind of work on your chemistry? Um, you know, it's, it's really great because this cast is just full of really great down-to-earth people and um, everyone's really, really friendly and I get along really, really well with Kevin and he's, he's well, he says, he says that um, that he's my father. So, um, I guess. <laughs> I've seen, I've, I, was, I follow your Instagram <laughs> so, a little bit so I was saying you guys have such cute pictures. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. My phone cut out. God damn it. <laughs> oh, I was just saying on your Instagram, I know, you, like, I've seen a couple of pictures of you guys together, and it's, like, so adorable. You just look like, you know, you have such a great friendship. Yeah, I love Kevin. Um, <laughs> and, and Jamie's great. Um, everyone's just really, really um, generous with their time. You know, if, if I'm freaking out about some scene and, you know, Jamie's like, it's fine, we can, we can just we can, you know, come over and we'll read the lines, and, you know, Kevin's the same. And everyone's really, really lovely. It's... Um, it's funny that, you know, when you go to set and you, you're performing, it feels like you're making, like, a student film or something like that. It's, it's quite relaxed, you know, everyone. It's not intimidating at all. But, you know, I was a big fan of, you know, Jamie before um, being cast in the show. So when I found out that he was playing a husband, it was it was very, you know, exciting and intimidating. I'm like, oh, what's it going to be like? But, you know, he's, he's lovely and a very, very generous actor. And you guys have such a, a great big cast, too. And I noticed, like, at least with, with Mary, who do you wish Mary would have a scene with or, you know, spend more time with on there? Because there's, there's a lot of people, you know, in Philadelphia that she hasn't gotten to see or in New York or anybody. I yes. I would love to have a scene with Ksenia because she's so lovely. <laughs> um, she, she's, you know, she plays Peggy and mm-hmm. she joined season two and she's just, she's She's the sweetest person, oh, and I would hear. adore to have a scene with her. But we're, we're, we kind of, we're both, you know, we see each other in the hair and makeup room. Like, oh, my God, it's so great to see you with that. Because, you know, we just see each other, you know, on weekends or, you mm-hmm. know, at, at the bar after shooting or something like that. We've never actually, we, we, we kind of know we will never actually get a scene together. So it's kind of upsetting. But I would really love to work with Kizania. 
<laughs> well, never say never. You never know. Uh, is I, it- mm. <laughs> it's a little highly <laughs> unlikely given. It's probably one that I won't ever. <laughs> let's be honest. One day we can it's dream. Like season three. I don't know. I don't think I will ever get to work with Yesenia on this project. Yeah. But maybe another project. Well, just going kind of off of that, even though we'd love to see Mary and Peggy have a scene together, um, (laughs) Mary herself has become one of the most interesting characters on this show. And there are so many layers to the performance that you give her um, because she has to go and try to get what she wants from people in different ways. And I was just wondering, where would you like to see her go in the future for this show? Um, You know, it's it's really funny. I, I never know where Mary's going to go because it kind of started off when I was cast in this role. All I knew about her was that she was married to Abe and she was from a loyalist family. And I remember after the season got picked up, I kind of, before flying into Richmond, I went to L.A. for like three days and I met with Craig, who's the creator of the show and the writers, and he, he sat me down and kind of said, look, we don't really know what we're going to do with your character. Really? Like, oh, That's okay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was kind of when the idea, he's like, well, we had this idea that, you know, she was kind of, um, it was arranged that she would marry Abe's older brother, Thomas, who then died, and so, you know, she was then, you know, passed on to Abraham, and she was married to him, and so I didn't really have a, a lot of clues to work with with Mary. So it was kind of like, she was like this puzzle. Like every new episode that I would get was like a piece to this puzzle, like me trying to create this character. And um, so, yeah, one recurring thing that I've just, you know, that I've picked up on over the, the course of season one and two is that she's very committed to her family and that she'll do anything for them and go to very great lengths for her family and she's becoming you know um this you know very strong powerful woman in her own way because she is the, she is one of the quiet characters you know everyone else she's she's not very you know a lot of the other characters are very loud or you know in their opinions and she's mm-hmm. quite you know She's she she's very intimidated by I guess those around her, but I'm I was very excited this season when I found out that it would be, you know, she would kind of come into her own, and I I think that has to do with you know the fact that she actually knows what's happening around her now, and um, I think it's you know you have to have a character like her too, just like going on and on and on. (laughs) I was um, (laughs) sorry, you have to have a character like her too because it is such a quiet but. But but such a good presence too, I and mean, you bring so much to that role. And oh, thank you. It's been so much fun watching you play around with that, you know. Because again, at the beginning of the season or of last season, um, you know, we didn't know. Like, well, obviously, like you didn't know what to make of Mary as well, um, <laughs> given history and everything. And and then just slowly, slowly, I like that you're surprised with her just as much as we are. And I think that makes it incredibly exciting each week like what else are we going to find because the rest of them we kind of know you know anna's going to be feisty simcoe is wonderfully crazy but has like a bit of a heart to him <laughs> and and mary's kind of like, like love like everyone else. yeah <laughs> oh man how, 
I know um, when we had Samuel on last season, he was saying that um, Heather sometimes is like, "Stop staring at me! It's creeping me out." Does he not? Does he do that on purpose? Like this season now, just like stare at people. Oh gosh, I don't know because I never really get to work with Sam. I just find him hilarious. You know, like, oh my god, it's so intimidating. And I just laugh every time he comes on the screen. It's like, oh Sam, you're so sweet. You're putting on a funny voice. Isn't that wonderful? And like, oh. So he's probably the least like his character on set. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. He's so lovely and hilarious. I always find that really funny when um, actors who play villains always turn out to be the nicest people. That always cracks me up. Uh, in terms of um, with Mary, since the writers, you know, at least at the beginning, weren't quite sure what direction they were going to take with her, uh, was there anything that they allowed you to do to kind of play around with her character to kind of make the character a little bit more your own? Um, I don't know, not really. Um, like I said, it was kind of like because um, it takes us like eight days to film one episode so every you know engage we get a new script and I Craig did say it was kind of like you know what we'll, we'll kind of check what you guys are doing and kind of you know write that into the the series as we go along so I don't I don't know maybe maybe you know something that I did in a certain scene inspired them to do something <laughs> I don't know but yes yeah, the, the whole burning down of the house was a very welcome shock to me because I was kind of like whole season season one I was like she has to do something like something has to happen she can't just be sad all the time something has to happen (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure something's going to happen calm down and then you know um, during filming of episode nine I got told my god Mary is insane she like burned down the whole thing what's happening because we're like the last ones to get the script, so everyone kind of knew what was going to happen, except for the actors. And I was like, "What? Why? What do you mean she burns down the farm? What's going on?" And then I got the script. I was like, "Yes, that's amazing. This is insane. Who would have thought?" Little Mary, bless her soul. It's always the quiet ones, isn't it? It's always the quiet ones. And now it's kind of like you know, in this episode, she burns Richard. Book, so it's kind of like, oh, she's obsessed with fire. She's going to burn things anytime something goes wrong. She's going to burn a lot of things, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Amazing things will happen when Mary burns something. <laughs> and she's so quiet, no one would ever suspect. <laughs> I mean, the look on Richard's face when when she told him, you know, I was there and I covered this up and everything. I mean, I, you're going to send him into a heart attack at that rate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that that. Right. Yeah. I love working with Kevin as well. <laughs> yeah. No, it was fantastic. Well, we we know it's late, so so we'll just we, one. Well, and then like I want to know really quickly about um, your project outside of here as well, because I know you did the Veil recently. Yes. And yeah. also the Scare campaign, which would be right up your alley. Um, my co-host Megan is a huge horror film fan, and you just finished up something um, with that. Anything you want to, you know? Can you tell about? us what it's yeah. about? About Phantom Um, Yeah, that's actually an Aussie film, and it was amazing because it's like my first big Australian project that I've done, and it's it's about uh, like a reality television show um, who they they go around pranking people and, you know, they they scare people. And I play an actress, 
care campaign and they they may or may not scare the wrong person. I don't know. I don't want to give anything away. But <laughs> hopefully that'll come out. <laughs> hopefully that'll come out early next year. But The Veil is actually also a horror film. Oh, really? Thriller. And that'll come out. Yeah, that'll come out um, later this year, I believe. Um, so, yeah, you worked yeah, with one of my I'm, I'm favorite actresses, is uh, Lily Rabe, and she was on American Horror Story. How was it working with yeah. her and Jessica Alba? I mean, oh what God. a stellar cast! Yeah, it was. It was again quite intimidating because you know you always, you know, you just think, oh my God, what are they going to be like? But <laughs> they're, you know, they, then you meet them and they're just, you know, they're kind of people. Um, they were lovely. Jessica was very much the mother on set you know, making sure, because we would have a lot of night shoots and she'd make sure that we were getting, you know, snacks to eat, healthy snacks and things like that. She was lovely. And, oh, my God, Lily Rabe is just, it's insane watching her work. She's so talented. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was, yeah, it was great. Um, I'm, I can't wait to see that one. It's unfair because everyone got to see it. And I was in Australia and I had a screening in L.A. and I really wanted to see it. Aww. But um, hopefully that. Yeah, coming out later this year. And that that movie's about kind of this crazy, like, murder and a cult and something like that, and one of the girls goes back later yeah. to kind of remind, you know, see the scene again almost? Am I, yeah, am I far the off? Lone, from the lone survivor of this, this, this cult, um, the, a, a documentary crew comes, you know, brings her back to the where it all happened. And, and then, you know, of course, the horror film things go wrong. And, <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded so cool. Um, <laughs> but um yeah, so that that was that was a lot of fun to film. That was yeah, right after filming season one of Turn, so that was nice to take off the course that and just kind of camp and, <laughs> and breathe and it was wonderful. <laughs> That's another thing about this show is that the costumes are gorgeous, but I can't imagine that for for yeah. the amount of filming that you guys do that it can be very comfortable. It's it's always it's it's crazy because I always get so excited when I hear you know Megan you got a new costume coming to the costume fitting and then you know on set when I'm wearing it all day I'm like why <laughs> why am I why am I wearing this thing <laughs> you're like why can't I have a robe but, scene like John Andre It'd just be so much more comfortable <laughs> exactly but my favorite scene so far has been all the you know the the first episode of season two where I get to wear my nightgown. I'm like, any scene where I get to wear my nightgown is amazing because I don't have to wear my corset. But yes, the costumes are great and they, they do help, um, you know, get you, you know, in, in the mood for the scene, but they, you know, wearing them for, for a long time is, is not nice. It's probably Especially like Mary- from someone who, who does like wearing comfy clothes. You know, not. It's probably why Mary was so quiet. She couldn't breathe for half of it. Sorry? It's probably why Mary's so quiet. It's like she couldn't breathe in the corset. I, you know, <laughs> that's, that's me struggling to talk. It's not Mary being quiet. She's actually supposed to be really confident and loud. It's just me struggling to breathe. So I constantly get the direction of, Megan, talk louder. I can't. I can't breathe in this corset. <laughs> Oh, no. But it does change the way you breathe and the way you talk. So, yeah, I do find that my voice is, I mean, also putting on the accent, but it is hard to kind of get it all out, especially the big speeches, you know. You probably have to stop halfway through and catch your breath and keep going. Yeah, and they they, they just edit those parts out to make it look flawless. It's <laughs> so like, cut to Kevin. They cut out the power we're saying <laughs> for recovery, but, you know. What did you take to on that one, guys? It's fine. 
Oh, well, again, thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to call us. We, we know it's late in New York, so we really, really appreciate it. Um, is there anywhere that uh, people can go if they want to find out more about you and about the projects that you're working on? Um, like social media? Or? Social yeah. media, websites? Because you know you have a Twitter and, yeah. Um, oh, well, Twitter, I'm just at Megan Warner. And then um, Instagram, I'm at Megan Eloise. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, again, do you oh, have any other... Thank you for pro- having me. Oh, yeah. Thank no. you so much for calling in. Yeah, we know it's so Sorry late and you're on the East Coast. <laughs> oh, my God. You're hilarious and adorable. We love it. <laughs> we're so happy to talk about the show. I mean, we're so excited. I mean, this is like our main show that we stay up late for. So we're so glad. And Aww. the whole cast has just been amazing. And, you know, we, we're having Ian on again next week. And... It's just been, you guys has been so welcoming and so interactive with everybody. It's just, you know, we're hoping for season three so you can come back on Mondays and do the show yeah. still. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> if you're ever in Los Angeles, feel free to swing by the studio. Yeah, I will. I will, definitely. Right. It'll be fun. Again, thank you so, so much for, for calling in tonight. All right. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Have, Have a night. wonderful night. Oh, she is so cool. She's so nice. That cast man is amazing. I just want to, like, go, you know, go to the after party or something. <laughs> I seriously <laughs> wanted to high-five her at the end of this episode because, again, I know we spent the last 20 minutes talking about it, but Mary rocked yeah. in this episode. Well, it's so much fun as an actress, too. I mean, back in my theater days, um, <laughs> in high school, I used to love getting stuff like that where you could just kind of break out and you have this powerful monologue where the, everybody just watches and with their mouths open just go yeah like that's how you do it well yeah because every everybody expects people like abe to make a speech you know the richards the hewlett's every everybody expects you know the men of action to make it to to make a speech or even people like anna who are civilians but are still very strong and you know powerful in their own way when somebody like mary makes a speech you drop what you're doing and you listen yeah yeah no so 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 great uh, let's let's get back to to talking about the other parts of this episode yes. because there's so much to let's talk, talk about. Let's talk about tonight. her husband, hubby in jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, her husband. Let's talk about poor Abe uh, because he is caught now in a between in a rock and a hard place because the only person who can corroborate his story, of course, has been kidnapped, and no one is lifting a finger to go and rescue him. His dad could have done something. Yeah. It looked like you know, um, uh, da, 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 Captain Wakefield. Was was looking to him, kind of like, okay, Richard, like, like is this, yeah. this for real? Um, should I believe this? And Richard's like, I don't know. This is the first I've heard about I'm it. Not, I'm not lying, technically. Yeah, know? he didn't even, like, try to feign surprise or feign really concern as a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... I, I don't know much about Wakefield or about what it's like being second in command to Hewlett, but I mean, I would kind of be a little bit confused if I heard that my son was, or if I was giving guy this guy news that his son was in jail and his reaction was just, hmm. That would be a little weird to me. Yeah, it seems, 
Who knows, though? I mean, he didn't see it. He was just kind of like, eh, I just don't want to be here. Then again, if he's been in Setauket for long enough, he knows that Abe constantly gets into trouble. So maybe this is just kind of like, okay. If you say you don't want him back, we don't either. <laughs> it's okay. He does nothing but cause trouble in Setauket. A little bit, for, for especially for the British. <laughs> but it is interesting that they wouldn't even make an attempt to go... And get Hewlett back or to contact them for demands or, you know, ransom or anything. It's just kind of a, we'll just see what happens. Well, and it's got to be, I think a lot of those guys, too, either some of them, you know, want to be in a war and they're kind of obsessed with it and want the power. And I think other ones are kind of just like, meh. <laughs> I'm not going to do more than I have to. You know, and I, it's it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's a living yeah, and I think he's like, if you know, if I don't have orders to get him, I'm not going to make orders <laughs> to get him. And, you know, it, it may be finding out more about Hewlett, too, um, that we have the last couple of episodes, because he doesn't want to be there. He wants to be an astronomer, and he has a beret, and, you know, all these different things. Maybe other people who do really believe more in the cause are like, why am I following this guy around who doesn't even want to be here? Yeah. And he got, you know... He, you know, instead of like getting weapons and stuff like that, he gets his thing so he can look at the stars. You know, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, that does that does bring up a good point as to how well liked Hewlett actually was within Satakit. Uh, because he he thought of himself as being very respected, and he's obviously a man of honor. But yeah, if the town really didn't respect him, like, or even his his underlings, yeah, mm-hmm. like did they, they respect him because of his title or because of? You know, they him as a person. Him as a person, yeah. Like people respect Washington as a person with a good title, but did Hewlett have that same thing? And I, I'm starting to question that a little bit, just because of what we know yeah. more now than anything. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it puts uh, puts Richard. Uh, basically, um, the 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 opening scene here when the family gets this uh this news and we find out no one's going after Hewlett. Uh the confrontation between Anna and Richard was very very interesting cuz we got a little tidbit of information mm-hmm. that we didn't get before and that was that uh Richard and Anna's father apparently there was some kind of tiff there mm-hmm. or something and that could be the stem of all of the animosity between her and Richard because Richard hasn't liked her from the get-go and dismissed the romance between her and Abe as a childish, you know, fantasy. But maybe there's more to it than that. And this scene in particular makes me think that there is a lot more that we're not seeing. Absolutely. And I I'm really I'm interested to know what that is now. <laughs> Something I'll be watching for, and I was hoping they would uh, go back to it a little bit later, but it looked like they completely sidetracked from that. Now, I think they might go back to it later, but I was hoping it'd be this episode. I was, too, because when she brought it up, again, we we stopped and listened. We were like, this is new information uh, about the past that, you know, led everybody up to doing what they're doing now, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to hear, and then she stopped. Oh, so come on, guys. Help us out a little bit. Watch, it was something we missed, like, last season. (laughs) Dang it, they mentioned one thing. He, like, stole a goat or something. Yeah, that would be really funny if it was in plain sight last season and we had just completely forgotten about it. Because I did. I remember you went, oh, and I go, did I miss something? Like, or was that just something new? And we both 
felt like it was something new that hadn't been it touched felt upon like before. something new and i hope they explore it a little bit more in the future let us know what you think uh we're on twitter with the hashtag abtv turn so let us know what you guys think if you want to hear more about what you guys think anna's father anna's father did Mm-hmm. And we love to hear from you guys and rate and comment and all that fun stuff, all that good stuff. Yeah, no, seriously, we do like to. I, I think I, um, I responded and thumbed up comments on YouTube. So it's really cool when you guys do get to talk to us because, um, usually because the show doesn't get as much interaction. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the the audience for the show is actually relatively small, which is a shame because people should be watching the show. It's really good. I was just telling her, I was telling you earlier, I got my boyfriend finally is now hooked on the show. <laughs> I'm like, you have to watch this. You were a history major in college. You're going to appreciate it. And then he he watched it in less than a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, again, lovers of history will definitely appreciate mm-hmm. it. And it's on Netflix now. So here's mm-hmm. hoping more people get into it. But we want to hear from you guys. So please let us know what you think of the episode. And we want to hear your theories, too. So getting back to yes. Anna, Miss Strong. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, Anna in this episode. Anna and Simcoe. It's so funny because at first, and I... I don't know if we want to bundle this up a little faster, too, because she has two conversations with Simcoe, and one of them is like, you're a monster, and do what you will to me, and and he's like, I, you know, you you wronged me, madam. I like that. Um, And he walked out on her. And then when she came back later, and she was talking about all of a sudden now she, she loves Hewlett, and it was friendship that turned into romance, and... Simcoe's having his little teeny tiny glass of wine. <laughs> I loved, loved just the expression on his face as she's explaining that they're romantically involved and he's just drinking. Just between those two moments, it's so interesting with his character because there's, there's parts where I'm like, I just like, can you just hug him? You know, just give this, maybe that's what it is. He just needed to be loved. He, he needed a mo- it's like hook and, um, hook and hook. Where he's like, you just need a mommy. <laughs> Maybe that's all he was missing all well, this time. I, I like what he had to say in this interaction because I know that anytime these two have a scene together, we're always on the edge of our seats because we never know quite where it's going to go because, yes, Simcoe loves her, but he is also um, a killing gentleman. And you know, he, the way he put it, uh, I really like how he sees himself. He's like, I'm a warrior, yes, but I'm not a monster. You know, I want, deep down, I'm human. I want the same thing that you want, that everybody else wants, to love and to be loved in return. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really is something really fascinating about him just as a character, because this scene could have gone so many ways, and we would have bought each and every one of them, like... He could have reacted violently. He could have tried to attack her. He could have broken furniture apart. Or he could have turned and walked out of the room and cried. Any, like, all mm-hmm. of these things would have been believable reactions from him. Yeah, and I I thought what ended up happening, again, though, at the end when he said he's... I, <laughs> it's so funny, too, because when he said, um, I'm a warrior, yes... I think he does view himself as a warrior, but what he did to that last guy with the tongue, and now he's going after Hewlett. I don't know. It's a, it's a well, little monster mashy for me. Like, it's starting we, to get into that definitely questionable see category. Him, we definitely see him as the villain, but um, 
A villain villains, doesn't see it. No. No, villains never see themselves. Like, mm-hmm. um, really well-written villains see themselves as the hero in their own story. And what he is now presented with are challenges to winning over the woman that he loves, the one thing that he really wants. And now that she's told him that she will never love him, that's just kind of one more obstacle for him to overcome. Yeah, it probably hurt to hear, but... I think just the fact that, you know, it kind of redirects him and he's like, okay, I've got to change my strategy a little bit. He's not giving up. And I think we could definitely tell just kind of from that last smirk after he dismisses her. He's like, we're not done yet. Yeah, that's he's like, I just see you kiss Anna Strong. He goes, yes, the first of many, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. And he had that smirk on his face. And I was just like, first of all, that kiss was bravo to the two actors. That was the probably one of the most awkward kisses I've ever seen on television. Um, well, partially because so he's awkward. very, very tall. And, <laughs> you know, she has to kind of, like, jump up a little bit <laughs> to try to reach him. When well, she's going in for the peck, like, okay, I, I can do a goodbye one. And he's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting more than that. <laughs> and uh, it was just so funny to see everybody reacting that way. <laughs> Richard was amazing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Richard in the background. Uh, Kevin, I applaud your look. <laughs> I, I, I wonder how many takes that, that was <laughs> for them to do that and get the right, because like just how they did it, I would have started laughing, because it was, well, it was meant to be a really, really awkward. It was meant to be awkward. Yeah. So yeah, again, bravo. Yes. <laughs> we were just sitting there with our head shaking and our hands going, oh my goodness, what? Yeah, again, that was not quite the direction Great. I was anticipating this particular storyline to take. And <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but now Simcoe looks like he's going to um specifically to go and assassinate Hewlett and go, Oh, I, I tried to save him. I really did. It's such a shame. I I'm kinda wondering if, if Ben and Caleb was his a prediction. Yeah, go maybe or, I mean maybe. it's okay, we can talk about it. Alright, I'll do it now. Um I'm I'm kind of wondering, because they're going to go try to save Hewlett as well. Yeah, no, that they're going to intercept one another. I'm a little nervous with that, but I almost tend to think that they're going to save him, but Simcoe's going to think he's dead and then try to play that off of Anna, and then all of a sudden it's going to be like, hey, hey, he went back. I heard you're in love with me. <laughs> I think the more interesting dynamic would be if... Um, if Simcoe and Caleb and uh, Ben... If they do run into each other, because that is an explosive confrontation also waiting to happen, because he still doesn't see himself as even with the two of them, because not only did they torture him, but their actions, or his actions to try to get even with them, are what ended up getting him Mm court-martialed. So he still has a bone to pick with them. Well, I think they'll, uh, I think they're definitely, it'd be silly not to put them in a scene together because of all of that. I mean, it'd be great television. But I still think at the end of the day, something's going to happen where they're going to get away and he's going to try to play it off like he, you know, just like, oh, all of a sudden he's dead. I don't think we're going to know that. Maybe that'll be more towards the end, you know. Yeah. And cliffhanger. That's the other thing, too, is um, just because they get a hold of Hewlett doesn't mean that they're going to send Hewlett back to Satake. No, and, not right away. And especially, too, because, I mean... There, Hewlett's not an idiot. He's going to be like, why would you rescue me? And them saying, by the way, you need to corroborate. Like, they're not going to be able to tell him why they need him okay, because then that gives away Abe's entire charade. Wouldn't it be funny if he turned? (laughs) 
if he it's working for the rebels now because of what all happened to him I and mean, his side of the team and if he gets rescued um the fact that john andre who's supposed to be this upstanding gentleman sent simcoe who we all know you know is goes against the book and goes his own direction and you know, Hewlett was the one that sent him away, and all of a sudden, John Andre's sending him back. I'd be, I'd be pissed. And <laughs> Abigail is a rebel. The it would be a very, very interesting turn for the show to take. On the one hand, I would totally love to see them go down that route. On the other hand, Hewlett is a man of honor, mm-hmm. and it. Doing, you know, becoming a rebel would bring shame not only upon him, but upon his family back home. And I think he's the type of person that would be able to live with personal disgrace. But I don't necessarily know if he'd be able to live with disgracing his family. I I genuinely don't know. Then again, he's also a romantic. Mm -hmm. So if anything were to get him to switch sides, it would be love. Yeah. So I like that prediction. That'd be kind of it. That'd be very interesting. I like that. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on a little bit because yeah, that, although that was so great, <laughs> this episode was so good. Let's talk a little bit about John Andre. Always my favorite part of the episode to talk His about. His magical flute or clarinet. I we were talking about it. Do you think he has a system like oh. in terms of wooing the ladies? He, that that's not the first time he played that song. That is not Peggy's song. <laughs> that is like the lady sitting on my chair song. It's Philomena's com- song. You know, he he did say that he composed it. He never said he composed it for her. No, she just made an assumption. <laughs> what a cute little girl. It's <laughs> adorable. I always like that at twenty. You know, whatever she's supposed to be eighteen. But um, I mean, he knows. He knows what's going on. <laughs> we he, do feel bad because they they are great together. Um, they have great chemistry, and as two characters, they're very interesting. It's hard though. We're Team Philomena. <laughs> it's hard to let that go. But what's really kind of fascinating about this whole dynamic is that now that they're kind of in love, she is in a weird way playing right into his hands. Mm-hmm. She gets a response from Benedict Arnold. And it's just overflowing with, you know, praises about how beautiful she is and how much her letter meant to him. Again, especially since we know what was kind of going on with him at the camp at the time. So, of course, this letter must have seemed like a beacon of light in an otherwise really dreary world. So... It's so weird to see them both talking about this letter while they're in bed together. First of all, smart girl. (laughs) Very true. Going to tell him after he's incredibly happy. (laughs) Hopefully. Um, She did her job right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Just teasing. But, uh, and him as well. But um, it's a good moment because he's completely relaxed. He's yeah. not even thinking about it. So she played that well. Well, she played it well from her perspective of him being jealous mm-hmm. that um, that Benedict Arnold's letter would make John Andre jealous, which is really interesting because she didn't think about it that way when she sent the letter in the first place because she knew right from the get-go that he wanted her to send the letter as part of a plan for something. And again, now she seems to be perfectly content being a part of that plan, but kind of seems to be blinded by her love as well, because Mm -hmm. her concern isn't so much that she's being a pawn so much as, oh, will he get jealous? 
Yeah. She's not... That's why before, too, I mean, he... When we asked, like, has he done this before? He's done this before. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. And I'm not saying he doesn't have feelings for her, but I think when it comes down to it, we even, I mean, I know it's in a war but we even see the fact that when uh, Gamble comes over, he's like, I need to take this. Yeah. So business is always going to come first, basically. And he allowed, and I and I get it. You know, I I totally understand, especially in a war and stuff like that. He needs to hear what's going on. But I don't know. I, I, I think he cares for her. But I think when it comes down to it, he's going to tell, you know. I think he. I think he's going to be more about the game than about her when it comes down to I it. I think he's 100% earnest in his feelings towards her, his love for her, and being honest with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the other thing to keep in mind is that he's still playing the game He's being honest and forthright about it, though. So I find that interesting. He's just so interesting. Is there anything that man can't do? (laughs) But um, just since you brought up Gamble, when he does come in, he uh, it turns you know out that some of the documents that he stole from the camp reveal that they have you know a spy in New York, probably from you know mentioning going on the Brooklyn ferry. They have the name Culper. Mm-hmm. And that John Andre is going to send Simcoe to kind of fish him out. Uh Simcoe after he takes a little detour to go <laughs> rescue Hewlett. Yeah. But um but something else. It, again it was just kind of a small detail and I don't know if they'll expand upon it. But he's sending Simcoe to go take care of this and he wants Gamble to keep on his mission. Didn't quite say what that mission was didn't expand upon it just kind of left it at that i don't know if that's kind of the way of writing gamble out of the show or if there's kind of a larger game at play here you know that's a it's an interesting point i am not entirely sure because it could be either it could be something completely like he he did what he was supposed to do because we didn't see anything well we also weren't really in the camp except except for two seconds uh with ben and, and caleb but, you know, we didn't see anything with the other guy that was there. Um, I'm forgetting his name. The one that was saying that Washington the was The honest assass- one. <laughs> assassinated. Um, was it Shaw? Oh, shoot. <laughs> it's like derivative of that. Um, but he, um, so we don't see him and, and Gamble kind of finished out his, he, he could go away and it couldn't matter, but he could come back in, in a different capacity. Yeah, it well. could have been something really inconsequential, like they're writing it off. Okay, his part of the story is done because he got this information to Andre and he killed Sackett. Mm-hmm. And moving on, we're doing that. And he played the part he needed to play, or he could very well come back. And I would like to have him come back because that is something... That they steered away from history. They decided to deviate from, you know, the historical path. So I would like to think that taking such a deviation, they would make him come back and that they would have him and Ben and Caleb have another confrontation later on mm-hmm. down the road. That's what I would like to see anyway. Yeah. Um, to go back to John Andre, too, um, you know, we were in touch, uh, talk a little bit about Abigail and her, yeah. her new role with it and, you know, her finding 
that that Ben had written to her, like, "Hey, we need. We found. <laughs> we heard you're a spy. Um, we need you to be a little bit more official." And she just kind of freaks out. She did, and again, that's one hundred percent understandable because we were we were talking about it while we were watching the show. It's essentially the equivalent of sending a text message to your friend with information you think they should know. And then getting a note back from a presidential aide going, hey, we need you to corroborate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that definitely has to be something that's a little shocking and you don't want to, especially for her station. I mean, she's out there all by herself. Yeah. And if John Andre knew that's what she was doing, I don't think he'd be so nice of a guy. No, and that's the other thing is that she must feel incredibly guilty or at least conflicted about what she's doing because he has shown a, a tremendous amount of kindness being a man of honor, you know, in the way that he is. And she's, you know, she's helping him on dates and things like that. She's being really discreet when when his girlfriend has questions, you know, things like that. And and just the offer that he makes to have Cicero come back into the house, you can see you can see the conflict there because on the one hand nothing would make her happier than being reunited with her son. On the other hand, there goes her spying. There goes, uh, yeah, the means that she was using to spy. But, I mean, would she even want to keep spying after that? Because part of the reason why she she's spying for Anna is because Anna is being willing to take care of her son. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, and she and Anna are friends. She doesn't want to betray those friendships either. But at the end of the day, you know, your son is the most important thing. Well, and being over at John Andres too, she's seen some stuff. You know, she was there when Simcoe killed that guy mm-hmm. with um, with the fork. <laughs> so I have to imagine, or no, it was the knife. Yeah, it was, it was a knife. Basically, at the dinner table where you utensil. shouldn't be killing people. Yeah, <laughs> that's silver. Womp, womp. <laughs> silverware. Just bad manners. Um. Yeah, bad form. He wronged me. (laughs) My food. But for her to see how savage some of those acts are of war and fighting for her home, I think she is conflicted with that kind of stuff, even though John Andre is so nice to her. Mm -hmm. She still sees what goes on with that and... I think that's something that she's very conflicted with. It's got to be hard when somebody's really nice to you, but you know he's but doing all these terrible same, things on the side. It's the same guy that just sent the the dinner table murderer back to your hometown. Mm-hmm. So I think for her, when it comes down to it, I think she'd almost prefer to somehow keep spying. But yeah, she wants. I wouldn't blame her. You'd want to have your son around I and. Would, and, I mean, there's no good way to turn down that offer, either. It's like, how do you turn down that offer without being suspicious in some way? Mm-hmm. And it's hard on the other end, on, you know, Cicero and Anna's end, to kind of keep things secret, because Cicero almost let the secret out with the, you know, we send her things, but they're not really from me, you know, talking to <laughs> to Simcoe's second in command. Which is somebody that he grew up with, you know, so you, you would think, that's why I think... It was smart. He sort of wanted to feel it out a little bit, but then realized, oh, wait, like maybe he's I on the other probably side. Probably shouldn't have mentioned like, it. Like, is he like my mom and playing them? And it's like, mm, doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, Jordan was really interesting to watch in this episode, too, because he's starting to kind of, I think more and more he's realizing the implications 
of the side that he's chosen. Because it's one thing to kind of choose Robert Rogers, who was a man that respected him. And it's a completely different thing to be second fiddle to Simcoe, who, you know, for for all accounts and purposes, in the eyes of many in Setauket, is a monster mm-hmm. and does a lot of terrible things. And and we, I know we were wondering last season if he were to find out what Abigail was doing, if that would make him change his mind. I think it's going to be a combination of things that's ultimately going to change his mind because I don't think he likes being second in command right now. No, I think he's going to see a lot more being with Simcoe that may have him also, you know, go, go back to his original side. Yeah. Or maybe at least, you know, abandon the Queen's Rangers. Well, yeah, exactly. Or kind of in the position that Mary's in, where it's, I don't like either side, but I have, I have a... I'm loyal. Resp- yeah, yeah, loyal to my family. Um, so she's just picking, it's not about rebels or, you know, the British at this point. It's It's about who her family is. And that's the side that she's picking. And I think we'll see Jordan start to figure that out because he's going to find bad things on both sides. So he's just going to pick the one that has the people he cares about the most. Uh, I love what the show is doing because it's taking, you know, all of these personal connections and it's making, you know, and that, that drives a lot of character motivations. But at the end of the day, like every, every now and then a character will step back and go, this is bigger than me. And, you know, the, even bigger than my family. So it's it's really interesting to see how, how those different dynamics work. Well, I think that just about covers it for tonight. Is there anything else you want to talk about real quick before before we go? I feel like we almost kind of... We talked a little bit about Ben and Caleb going to save Hewlett. So I think that, yeah. that'll be an interesting dynamic. And if they're going to dress up as British uh, soldiers... I think Caleb's going to need to, like, shave that beard. <laughs> well, uh, something something to bring up is that Ben himself is being transferred. He's no longer mm-hmm. Washington's head of intelligence, um, and partially, I guess, because of what happened with Abe, uh, which is, again, it's just kind of interesting to see the friction uh, between him and Washington because they they seemed like such a strong unit last season and this season it's just been crumbling and getting worse and worse and now to the point where he has been removed as the head of intelligence and been like kind of sent on a kind of not really you know, a meaningless the status of defenses yeah it's, it's a meaningless errand it's basically go over there so you don't cause any trouble mm-hmm. it's like when a police officer gets taken off of the streets and it's like hey we got a nice desk job for you exactly <laughs> parking meters need to be checked yeah exactly oh <laughs> uh, yeah no they always give out the most tickets don't they? <laughs> any uh, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap it up no let's do some predictions of yeah. course and now you're after Buzz TV. Ooh, a little bit of lights. Jazz we, hands. A, we, we we were talking a little bit earlier if we we had our bet if you Hewlett was gonna Well we both <laughs> bet that he wasn't gonna die, technically. Well, you bet that he wasn't. I I for the You're sake like, of the show just bet that for he the would. Sake of a bet. Yeah. But we hadn't decided if it was I don't remember if we said this episode or just in general. You know what? I let's just, I will, let's just play it out. I will bite the bullet and by 
cupcakes. But yeah, let's give it one more episode since this episode didn't focus on Hewlett. Mm-hmm. But I almost tend to side with Richard. I feel like, um, and again, for the sake of the show, I'll keep my bet that he will die. But I want to slide on the side of Richard uh, and say that if they were planning on killing him, they would have done it already. That was before Simcoe started heading yeah, this way. Exactly. So it's going to be just this about, huge explosion over there 50, in Connecticut. Now. <laughs> yeah, watch it'll be like on accident. You know, Caleb will kill him by accident. Be like, oh shoot, I was trying for Simcoe. What Son would be interesting us. is if they did save him, and it was right after they thought they were in the clear when all of a sudden Simcoe shows up. Robert Rogers is like, guns blazing. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't in this episode. He made no. a really interesting appearance at the end of the last episode, disappeared for this one. So it wouldn't surprise me if he popped up again this episode, you know, back on his way to Merry Old England since he, you know, mission accomplished for him. I kind of hope Mary finds a babysitter and just like goes off to save Abe on her own. Well, I think she, I think she very much convinced Richard to go ahead and do that. I think that's where Richard was heading when he saw Simcoe and Anna kissing. <laughs> He's just like, this is the worst day ever. He's like, who doesn't this woman make out with? <laughs> I had to see that before I left town. I have to go and bail my son out of jail. My account book just got burned. <laughs> This is the he worst day ever. Go home and have a drink when he's all said and done with all of this. He's still recovering from a gunshot wound. So, so you predict that Richard is going? Yeah, I to predict he's. Son. I predict he's going to prison, um, and that he will have to be convinced to save Abe, but that ultimately he will because mm-hmm. he's still mad. He's still really mad, even if he ultimately knows that Mary's right and that that's the choice he'll end up making in the end. He's going to say his piece first. I just really want Mary to go in and save the day. Like she just karate chops everybody, <laughs> takes, takes him away. He's like, maybe I am starting to love you. <laughs> I think when he finds out what she did for him, I, I think I think we are going to see a little bit more of a shift because I feel like it'd be too simple just to keep it him not loving her. I think her actions for him and for her family, I think ultimately that's kind of going to win him over in the same way that Hewlett's kind of winning Anna over a little bit. Yeah. You know, maybe not completely. Maybe maybe it'll never be really, you know, in the way that they want it to be, but you never know be interesting i again i'm rooting for mary (laughs) go mary um but yeah anywho this thank you so much guys for tuning in tonight Kristen. where can people go if they want to find out more about you guys you you can find me on twitter at Kristen carol 13 um i am on the turn uh panel you don't want to turn into agents of shield next week or tomorrow my god goodness (laughs) you guys are gonna have a big show and um, you can also check out, I just went to the Tomorrowland premiere, so check out my interviews on Popcorn Talk. Yeah, it would be awesome. She actually interviewed Brett Dalton, again, for all you Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans. Exactly. Uh, and I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at TheManguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, including the season finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tomorrow night. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a big, you got to cosplay. That's why I'm... <laughs> You guys got to watch Megan cosplay. It's She's gonna got be a great costume. It's going to be great. And um, I've also started writing articles for the movie Chick, Chick with Two Gays. Be sure to check those out. Folks, thank you so, so much again for tuning in. Thank you again to Megan Warner who called in. We really appreciate it. We How- love you. Team Mary. <laughs> Team Mary. Have a wonderful night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.